Amen. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> That's no lie. It's true. In the Lord, everyone's, everyone's a winner. <laughs> wow, look, this, I'm going to speak more on this side just because there's more people over on this side. No, I'm joking. <laughs> just because there's stuff I can't walk over there. I'll work it out. Wait, let me just change the stage. I, I talk better when I walk. It's the Italian in me. It's like if you tied up my hands, you'd only get half a sermon. <laughs> it's true. I'm like, it's like it's really true. <laughs> Ask my wife. Kids, what's wrong, Dad? Nothing. I'm talking. <laughs> Nothing wrong. It's just not like <laughs> So the fast started on Wednesday. How's everyone going? <laughs> I was really tired. I think it was on Friday. Friday, I was, I was fatigued on Friday. No, no amount of coffee could break me out of that fatigue on Friday. I was just fatigued, you know. But what's, today's day five, so that's not too bad. We're almost, almost a week in. By Tuesday, that would be a week. Wednesday would be the start of the next one. We're doing all right. We're getting there. I've had some good conversations with different people that are fasting different things some food some types of food uh, some different habits fasting one person's fasting a particular habit um, which is interesting because they find that they slip into this particular habit often <laughs> so how they then find time to pray is going to be <laughs> their, their task but it's actually really quite cool um, is anybody following the reading the reading plan that, that I had out? I'm just wondering um, I decided to follow the reading plan. Like I thought I should, so I put it together. I think I put it together the first time in 2014, so I've not looked at that reading plan since then. And I thought I should do it in case somebody asks me or makes a comment about, oh, today's reading was awesome. And I'll, I'll be like, really? Anyway, I decided I would do it. And I'm really, I'm really enjoying it so far. I don't know where I pilfered it from. I really don't know. Like, let's face it, you, know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. But it's actually really, really good. If you're fasting at the moment, from, from day one through to... I haven't read today's, but up until yesterday was sensational. Yesterday's actually was Psalm 119, which, funnily enough, I like to skip Psalm 119 only because it's too long. Um, <laughs> I don't really don't know what they were thinking when they broke that chapter up, you know, like seriously, where they broke that thing up. Like, they should have just cut it about four or five times and made three or four psalms out of it. <laughs> but I so enjoyed it. I really enjoyed yesterday's reading. There was, there was just so much there when it comes to God and the Word of God. So if you're... If you are fasting and you're praying and reading, that's great. If you don't know what to read, you don't know where to start, if you're, if you're young in your faith, grab the reading plan. Just use it as a, as a kickstart. Um, so far, it's, oh, I'm pleasantly impressed by it. Uh, and as I said, I put it together, but I didn't make it. I found it somewhere. Anyway, last week, um, in amongst the baby dedication we started to look at some of the areas or some of the things that you can fast, things that you can bring to the Lord when you're fasting and some of the examples in the Bible of different fasts or different fasts that people decided to undertake for the different reasons. And so we got through three of those. Um, and so I just want to re... When I say rehash, I'm going to go over this stuff really, really quickly. Um, first and foremost, though, this is for those 
that uh, here today, those that might be listening on the podcast later, uh, if you don't believe in fasting, then I'm going to read a passage of scripture so that you can rip it out of your Bible. Uh, Matthew 6, 16 to 17, Jesus says, When you fast, uh, don't look sombre as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse 17, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, etc., etc. So when you fast. So regardless of where you stand on fasting, if you're pro-fasting, awesome. If you're against fasting, you may want to reconsider that theology of yours and you may want to rip that piece of paper out of your Bible because fasting something that we as Christians need to do. Yeah, it's not, it's not something that you should do, might do, or might consider. doesn't feel right. You know, it's not like that. Jesus is really clear when you fast. So if you're going to call yourself a believer in Jesus, if you're going to follow him, then all I'm going to say is you need to, somewhere in your Christian life, fast. Whether it be half an hour a day, 21 days, 40 days, you need to fast. There's a reason that he calls us to fast. Is that all right? So the things that we looked at really quickly last week, or the, th- the three first reasons, was first to break addictions. The disciples fast. So it's just to, stuff, it's to break the stuff that separates you f- from God. It's to, to, to break the hold of sin. And again, I said last week, we don't often use the word sin here because so many people, particularly in today, I know those of us that are older that grow, grew up in church, sin is sin. You know, we, we were all sinners once and we still have the propensity to sin, but really now we're children of God. I'm no longer a sinner saved by grace. I'm a child of God that still lives in a fallen flesh, unfortunately. But sin is what separates you from God. So you can use the word stuff if you like, but sometimes the stuff that separates you from God doesn't give enough oomph behind the word for, you, for us to actually think, well, I need to rid this from my life. Sin is one of those words that when you say it, it's like, I don't want it. You don't even need to know what it is. If you say to someone you're a sinner, they go, what? No, I'm not a sinner. You know, it's like that. It's, it has that thing to it, yeah? So one of the reasons you can fast is if there's just addictions or sin, a propensity to be somewhere, do something, that a habit that you know separates you from your relationship with God, then fast about it, yeah? The disciples fast is what they call it, you know? For a simple example, you know, you possibly if, if you're so akin to drinking and you've tried to stop drinking but you can't, or smoking and you can't, or anger and you can't, or pornography and you can't, fast about it, fast, and bring those things before the Lord. The other one was finances, the Ezra fast. Because in the book of Ezra, Ezra had been given all this gold and silver and had to take it back to Jerusalem. Yeah? And there was a fear that that was going to be robbed. And really, the whole essence of this is the fact that often in our finances, our finances are under attack and we feel like our finances can be stolen. And so we call it an Ezra fast because in Ezra 8, 22 and 23... It's written, I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we told the king the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God uh, about this and he answered our prayer. So for us today, it's, it, the Ezra fast is about protecting our finances. Yeah? If, you're fi- just, if you're just feeling in life, you know, you've got holes in your pockets, it's no savings, nothing ever adds up, you're always thinking life's going to get better, I'm going to get a better job, I'm going to get paid better, it'll be better then, and you, you do and it's not, 
Maybe we need to fast about it, yeah? So that was the second one last week. And then the other one was a Samuel fast, and it was about our nation or praying for our nation. Because what Samuel did, when the Philistines were getting ready to attack Israel, he called the entire nation to a fast for a national revival. And 1 Samuel 7, 3 says, And Samuel said to the people of Israel, If you're really serious about wanting to return to the Lord, get rid of your foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth, determined to obey the Lord, and then he will rescue you from the Philistines. And... This is something that our community needs. It needs to be able to fast. If you, you, if you continue to read that, you'll see, you'll, you'll see more about the Daniel fast. But we need to pray for a fast, for, uh, for a revival for Australia. We need to fast for a revival for Australia. Yeah? If Ballarat, for me, if Ballarat's anything like, and the percentage is anything akin to the rest of the country, then we definitely need to fast for Australia. When you know, 3,000-odd people out of 100,000 go to church, you know, well, I reckon we need to fast. We need to see full-on, on-fire believers of Jesus, yeah? I mean, that's what we should be. We don't go to church because we have to. There are better things to do on a Sunday sometimes than counting bricks or listening to me or listening to whoever, wherever people go. But when you're on fire for the Lord, there's this thing that draws you and drags you to be with family, yeah? And when you're with family, you work together, you carry each other's burdens. And could you imagine that on a larger scale and then a larger scale and then a larger scale? The impact the church could have, yeah? So we need to move into a Daniel fast just for the sake of calling a revival into Australia. So they were the first three. Now, if you read yesterday's um, reading, which I said was Psalm 119, there were some absolute nuggets. And, and I, I want just to base this particular passage that I read yesterday uh, on the fact Think about what I'm sharing today, what we shared last week, but think about the Word of God in general, yeah? In Psalm 119, verse 89 to 92 reads, Your Word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. So yes, we know the Word's also Jesus. He's eternal. He's saying His Word is eternal. This thing's eternal. This thing's talking about fasting. It wasn't just an Old Testament thing, and it wasn't just for them in Jesus' day thing. It's an us thing. It's eternal. It stands firm in heaven, yeah? I actually really, I, I, I was having a ball yesterday because I was underlying and writing notes and it was, it was really cool. And it says, Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day for all things serve you. And when he's talking about laws, he's not just talking about a law, something that you need to obey. He's talking about his word. He's talking about what he's promised. He's talking about him, his character. It's everything about him endures and will continue to endure for all things serve him. And it says, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. In other words, that, that verse alone is, should be enough for us to have a look at our lives and see how we're walking with the Lord. Because it's saying, if your law, if your word, if everything that you've spoken into my life, if it had not been my delight, I would have perished. You know, sometimes how the word of God can cut like a double-edged sword through the bone and man. Sometimes it can be really cutting, but it should still be our delight. Otherwise, if it wasn't for the word of God, we'd be perishing, spiritually perishing. We'd be like those in the world that have no hope, that don't know Jesus. But it's, it, it's just that stuff. And, and I love it because when I look at all of that, I think in fasting is a part of his word that stands in the heavens, that lasts for eternity. Why are we moving into a fast? Why are we fasting? Why are we five days in? 
Because the stuff that we want to see breakthrough in, the stuff we, we want to have victory in, yeah? I mean, the weight loss is awesome, but, you know, the, the physicality aside, it, you know, like I'm already down one belt notch. It's only been five days. Like, can you believe it? Like, I, I know, awesome. Soon I'll get into the, oh, those shirts that used to make me happy shirts in the, in the, in the cupboard. Do you, anyone have those shirts or those clothes? You know, I used to be happy, and now I live in these shirts, and they make me happy, and I don't like you much anymore. You know those shirts? I tried one of those shirts on today. I didn't like it much. But I just thought I'd try it, you know? I thought I'd just see how things were going. But anyway, so let's just quickly run through a couple of things. This one here for me is one of the most important reasons why we as Christians need to fast. In today's society, there is more mental health issues in the world today than in any other time of human history, yeah? Today. So they, I'm going to call it the Elijah fast because it's what Elijah did. But this is to break negativity. This is to break depression. This is to break anxiety. And this is not to say that you don't go to a counsellor because I do and we do and we encourage people to. It's not to say that you don't go to a psychologist or psychiatrist to help or a pastor to help work through those things. Jesus is our beginning and Jesus is our end. And he's involved with everything in between. And if I'm unwell, whether it's physical or mental, I'm going to give God every opportunity to heal me any way he can. And I won't dictate to him how he's going to heal me. Yeah. So, but if you're, if you're one of those people that has those moments where you, your thoughts aren't right, then the Elijah fast. It's got to be one of the most powerful fasts. Now, it's the fast that breaks those things. It breaks those feelings, those emotional feelings, those habits. Because basically what was happening is Jezebel sent word that she wanted to kill Elijah the prophet. Yeah. Now, Elijah the prophet became an absolute emotional wreck because he was fearing for his life. And I figure if I was fearing for my life, I probably wouldn't have it altogether either. Yeah. Now, 1 Kings 19.4 says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. That's where I get my theology from. It's pretty clear, yeah? Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Powerful prophet, right? Powerful prophet. I've had enough, Lord. Anyone ever said that? Come on. Now, let's be transparent. I've had enough, Lord. Yeah, This is driving me insane. My children, my wife, these people. And then it's eventually, I've had enough. What's wrong with me, Lord? You know, I've had enough, Lord, he says. Take my life. I'm no better than my ends. He was just depressed. He was anxious. He was frightened. He was suicidal. Yeah, totally suicidal. And reality tells us, society tells us that there are times when many of us have similar feelings. We may not have the super strong feelings where we'll follow through, yeah? But often, I think if we're to be honest, many of us have thought, I, I can't do this anymore. There must, must be a better way, you know? We all come from the same address is a line that I always use because I believe, I truly believe that we can all have these moments, you know. I know that, you know, a lot of us have got our lives together in part, but there are moments where life just throws so many lemons and they're so bitter that you just have that. You wake up that morning and you think, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. I can't deal with this right now. 
I need to go for a walk. I need to get out of here. Lord, you need to do something supernatural right now, you know. But that moment in Elijah's life is when an angel comes to him and gives him instructions. And the instructions that the angel gives to Elijah is to journey back in the midst of his depression, in the midst of his anxiety, in the midst of being suicidal, it's for him to journey back into the presence of God. Yeah, Because 1 Kings 19, as we continue to read in verse 9, says, There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put prophets to death with the sword, and I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. In our day, it might be, my car's broken down, it's costing me a fortune, the air conditioning broke, I'm fighting with my wife, my kids don't listen, I've got no money. Yeah? If we're to be real. And the Lord said to him, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So he gives him instructions to move him into the presence of God to get out of that way of thinking, right? Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And we know it goes on to say that he was in a still small voice. You know, when we're suffering negativity, when we're suffering emotionally with bad habits, depression, anxieties, insecurities and fears, that's when God, Father God, that's when Papa calls to us and says, come back into my presence. Step over here into my presence because I want to pass by. Yeah, Because he wants to do a work in our lives right then. Now, if you keep reading about Elijah, you find that after that, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and God delivered Elijah entirely of those feelings of suicide and fear and he became the man of God that we all know, you know. Fasting will open our hearts and minds to hear the still, small voice. So if, you, if any of you, if, I, if we've got the propensity of feeling anxious, afraid or negative, then we need to fast. Bring those things to the Lord in the fast. Whatever you're fasting, bring it to him. I'm sick of waking up feeling like this. I'm tired of it. My life's not right. I'm, uh, you know what? I need to live in the moment. I need to be able to see the glass half full. Lord, I give it. We need to bring it to him, yeah? In the fast. You know, another reason we should fast is so we can bless others. That's why we fast. So we can bless those that are around us. Think of the widow's fast. Now, the widow's fast is all about caring, caring for the needs of others while you're fasting. First Kings 17, verse 10 to 16. It's a little bit of a, a longer reading, but go with me here. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to a town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her, the man of God, right, the prophet. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called her, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. How's that? It's not a bad final meal. If you're going to have a final meal, you'd like it to be a roast, wouldn't you? You know, seriously. But I'm going to make some bread so my son and I can eat. We can die. Like, at least make it a good meal before you die. Like, how disappointing is that? There's, no, there's nothing even says that they've got butter or hummus. Nothing. Just bread and die. That's pretty depressing. Like, seriously. 
Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Now here's a decision that she has to make. Will I believe the word that's coming from the Lord at the moment because what I have in my hand is not what I, what I need. I need more than that, yeah? For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she makes a decision, yeah? In herself, she's only got, if this was flour, I've only got this and I've got enough to make the bread. If I'm making the bread for him, there's none for us. So she makes a decision there and then to fast what she has, yeah, to give it to him. Makes a decision. I know what he said. I don't know him from a bar of soap, actually. She didn't know him. (laughs) All right, I'll make it for you. Looks like my son and I aren't going to have the roast or the bread. We're just going to die. But I'll give you the bread. I'm going to fast what we had. So she went and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman. Go figure. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word the Lord had spoken by Elijah. So here's a story of a woman with very little who helps the man of God, yet it was all a part of, the, part of God's plan for her to fast what she had for him. See, the widow made a choice to fast so the man of God could eat. Isaiah puts it this way in Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords, the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Now get verse 7. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? I love that. You mean I'm not going to eat and you want my food? You've got a sense of humour, God. I hope what I'm going to get back during this fast blesses me. Yeah? Because it's a sacrifice. Now, we know in her case, she got back food upon food upon food upon food. There was enough food for, for, for her son and, and for the man of God as long as he was there. Because she chose to fast. See, during the fast, while we're fasting, we can make a decision to help others. You know? If you're fasting food, if you're fasting food, it means you're saving money. Maybe you want to make a meal or two for somebody that you know does it a little bit harder than, than we do, yeah? Maybe we can do that. Maybe you want to sow it into mission. Maybe you want to sow it into the church. Entirely up to you. But this widow gave up what she had for the man of God. So while you're fasting, what will you use with what you've got? What, who will you give it to, yeah? It's one of the reasons you can fast so that you can be a blessing to others. See, when we do it, it pleases God, and God meets our needs. Yeah. Yeah? When we fast in that way, and we're actually giving of what we have to somebody else, we're giving it away, God then has to come to the party, and God meets our needs. The widow, after making the sacrifice and fasting to feed Elijah, had enough meal, and enough flour, enough food, the Bible says, for three and a half years. That's not a bad stretch. I'd like my packet of Tim Tams to last three and a half years. Yeah? Like, that's pretty good. What about to get direction? If we're going to fast, and if you are fasting, who'd like to, who, who sometimes comes, comes to a place in their life when they've got no direction? So you don't, I don't know what job to do, don't know what to study, don't know what to cook, don't know what I'm not going to eat, you know, don't know what to wear. Like, just sometimes in life, there's areas where we need direction, yeah? Well, 
I reckon we should fast because the Paul fast is probably the best fast when it comes to making a life decision of what to do. So the Paul fast helps you to discern God's voice. And I figure that each and every one of us, regardless of how intuitive or sensitive we are to the voice of God, would love to be able to discern the voice of God even more, yeah? Yeah? So Paul, when he was Saul, we know his life was a schmozzle. It was a mess. He considered each and every believer, follower of Jesus, to be totally wrong. And so he was going to kill as many as he could. He's a zealous man for God, yeah? Oh, you believe in Jesus? Yes, you can kill her. Yeah, yes, you can kill him. Oh, yep, you can kill him too. That's what he was living. That's how he was living. And he was hunting down anyone that called themselves a Christ follower, anyone. In Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 6, it says, As he was approaching Damascus, or Damascus is probably a better way to pronounce it, on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground, heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So he's heading to Damascus. He gets there, but he can no longer see. Because when the light hit him and knocked him off the horse, it blinded him. Now, Scripture says in Acts 9.9, he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. So how's this encounter with the light? It's the voice of the Lord. It's Jesus that you're persecuting. Go to Damascus and wait there. So he's waiting there. He's heard a voice from God, but he doesn't know what's going on. He has no idea what to do next. Has, he was on a mission. God knocks him off a horse and now he's blind. And so while he's there, he chooses, he chooses not to eat and drink. For three days, he chooses to fast so that he can sit in the presence of God. Because as far as his life was concerned, he was blinded. He didn't know what decision to make. He didn't know where to go. He just knew he needed to discern God's voice. So he chose to fast three whole days. And, and, and I love this because if Saul didn't know what to do, that became Paul. There has to be areas in our life, at home, at work, in general, where we need some direction and discernment for God on how to move and take the next step. Amen? So Saul decides to fast to get God's divine direction for his life. And it was then, as he's fasting, that God then sends a disciple, Ananias, to give him guidance. It says in verse 17 of chapter 9, So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So during his time of fasting, his time of not eating or drinking, he gets guidance. God sends someone to help him. Through his fast, Paul gets direction for his life, but he also gets a new name. Why? What's the importance of the new name? Because after his fast, Paul actually discovers his true identity. Yeah? yeah? Discovers why God had created him, who he is meant to be. Yeah? Right here, right now, because he decides to fast. And for me, if we're fasting and we're not sure what we should be doing next, where should, it could be any decision that you're struggling with. Yeah? 
then fast. Bring it to the Lord. Get direction. Maybe, maybe you'll get a new name. Maybe you'll discover your true identity. Maybe you'll hear from him what he desires for you in his will. Amen. I figure if it's good enough for Paul, then it's good enough for us. Maybe we need to fast for health and healing. You know, last week we prayed for Anna. We prayed for John with pneumonia. Um, John's wife, uh, Judy, went to uh, Melbourne a few days later on the Wednesday because she's ever since her operation, her back hasn't been right. She can't straighten up, has to get needles for the pain. There are people in the house that we need to pray for, you know. Mel's dad. There are probably so many others, people that are carrying ailments and sicknesses that we need to see God do a supernatural thing in their life so that's broken, amen, once and for all. Then a Daniel fast is a good fast. So we know that the Daniel fast is a partial fast, but it's a fast that was created, if you read the word, that Daniel um, suggested brings health and healing to the body. So Daniel and his three friends decide to go on this fast and they give up meat, bread and wine for 21 days. Meat, bread and wine. That's a staple Italian diet. Meat, bread and wine. Like, hello. Praise God that nowhere in Scripture does it say they gave up coffee. Thank you, Lord. Like, that would be devastating. That would be so hard. Daniel 10, in chapter, um, verses 2 and 3, says, During those days, I, Daniel... Went into mourning over Jerusalem for three weeks. I ate only plain and simple food, no seasoning or meat or wine. I neither bathed nor shaved until the three weeks were up. Now, remember, I don't know, for those that were here last week, I'm going to reiterate this. The one fast that I would never encourage anyone to do is the not bathing and not washing. I'm just putting it out there. If you don't want to shave, go for it. You know? If you want a beard, if you want bungee jump ropes, whatever it is, yeah, you, you, that's okay. But I, I recommend highly that you, you wash. Yeah? Unless you're out camping for three weeks, give it a go. See if you get some inspiration from the Lord. I don't know. Maybe the smell keeps you awake during your prayer time. I don't know how it works. Yeah? It's the only one that I, I wouldn't recommend. But Daniel and his buddies, they, they choose not to eat what the king was eating. The king wanted to give them the king's choice food so they could be strong and strapping yeah, and serve him. But they said to the king, no, 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 we don't want your food. In fact, we're going to do it completely different. We won't eat meat, we won't eat bread and we won't eat wine. We'll only eat vegetables really and we're going to be better than everybody else. So Daniel and his men were healthier than all the others, the scriptures want to suggest to us, because Daniel 1.15 says this, at the end of, the, um, when they, the, they went into a 10-day trial period, so I'm just I'm going back a little bit, yeah? So Daniel 1.15 says, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who'd been eating the food aside to the king. So then they did, they continued the fast because initially the king's servant said, no, no, you can't do this. You can't go on a fast. You can't, you can't, you, you can't not eat the king's choice foods because if you come out frail and weak, the king will know that I've not given you the food and the king will kill me. And Daniel says, no, no, trust me and trust my God that we're going to do this and my God will make sure that we're healthier and fitter, and better, and stronger than everybody else that's eating the choice foods. Check us out in 10 days. He checked them out in 10 days, and they were healthier, 
they were fitter, they were stronger, and so they continued not to eat the king's choice foods. In fact, the scriptures say that he stopped bringing them the king's choice foods because he would bring them and leave it there. Because if he stopped bringing it, it would infer that he was bringing it. So imagine fasting. Like for those of you that have got kids, grandkids, you're going to someone's house. Like poor Mal, she was cooking butter chicken the other day for the boys. Like, do you know how that's, that kills you inside? And then, when, and then when the boys are hungry and they want a plate and they don't finish the plate, it's like, eat that food. Eat it. You left it. I can't have any. And you're leaving some. Look, look at it. And I'm only five days in. <laughs> my goodness. Last week I shared about my, our friends. I didn't mention their names, but Michael and Christina. And Michael was healed of the heroin. But I, I can't help but think when they called a fast for his eye. You know, the doctors didn't know what the problem was with his eye and so they fasted. And whatever it was just went away. Total healing, you know. I also said last week, I don't know why we fast and pray for some things and we don't see it. But one thing I do know, as far as I'm concerned, God's heart desires to heal and touch everybody and I believe he does. Physically, we don't always see the outworking of that. I don't get it. But my role and my faith, I just need to keep believing, keep praying, keep fasting. Yeah? And then it's up to God to do the rest. So, Daniel. Ah, If we've got people that are around us that are sick, loved ones that are terminal, like we do in our family, let's get serious. Let's fast for them, you know? Let's fast for them. When there's no hope for a human outcome, for human perspective, or we're just, you know, we're sort of, oh, hope this works, let's give it to God. Let's, let's step up our hope from a worldly hope that's a maybe to a sure hope that's Jesus, yeah? Because he is our sure hope, amen? And if we get time later, I think maybe um, we'll open the altar just to pray for some people. Anyway, I, I really like this. This came out of yesterday's um, reading, and it's a... A fast, it's, it's the John the Baptist fast, and I, I, I don't want you to eat locusts and crickets, but um, it's, it's fasting that brings testimony. It's fasting that brings favour. Yeah? It's fasting that brings influence. See, John was on a Nazarite diet. He didn't drink any alcohol, and all he ate was, because he was in a desert, was locusts and honey. I, I don't know if honey would make locusts taste better, but locusts and honey... That's all it consisted of. Matthew 3, verse 1. You've tried it before. (laughs) In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, Here's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. Yet somewhere in John eating locusts and honey (laughs) and wearing clothes made out of camel hair, people were attracted to him. People constantly went out to see him. He wasn't wearing Armani, you know. He he didn't have some nice slick sneakers on, you know, some Asics or, I don't know, Under Armour or Nike. 
You know, didn't have any of, any of that great stuff, yet people were attracted to him. They came to him to hear from him, to receive wisdom from him, you know, to get answers, to listen to what he had to say. Yeah? And for me, as I'm reading this and as I read some of the Psalms, I want to suggest that it, as we're fasting, God will give us influence in the lives of people. If we're fasting and praying, fasting and reading, staying in the word that stands in heaven for eternity, if we're doing those things, God will give us influence in the lives of people in this generation. I totally believe that. In fact, I believe it so strongly that if, if everyone was to fast and to pray and read and get into God's words, I believe that we would have so much influence that counsellors and governments would actually turn to Christians in the church to ask for advice. Matthew 1, uh, 11, 11 says, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there's not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. So if we want to have influence, if we want to carry authority, we need to fast and pray. This is what I read yesterday. I love it. Still Psalm 119, because remember it's that psalm that keeps on giving because it's so long. Verses 97 to verse 100. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Yeah? Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I'm always thinking of your laws. I'm even wiser than my elders, for I've kept your commandments. I'm reading this and I wrote in here, influence, 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 influence. People came to John while he was in the desert to get wisdom, to listen to him. And he was wearing camel hair, eating locusts and honey. I just want to say this. For all of us that are fasting, continue to get into the word. Continue to pray. Make fasting, praying and reading. Make it a habit in your Christian life. I, I have mentors that would, would fast like periods like we are now, but they would then choose to fast. You know, And for them, it would, they, they, they chose to fast food. They would fast a whole day. I remember husband and wife, they were in their late 60s and they had pastored a church, they'd been over a denomination and for 35 years of their life they had never eaten a thing on Tuesday. They fasted and spent time with the Lord every single Tuesday. Even on Sausage Sizzle Tuesday. <laughs> 35 years. But look at, look at the influence that we can have when we sit and dwell on his word, especially in the middle of a fast. If, I think if we get serious with Papa enough and we deny ourselves in the physical, it's amazing what he does in us spiritually. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And I'll finish with this one. The Esther fast. <laughs> Protection against dangers. It's really interesting we live in a... In, a, in an era where a lot of the community doesn't feel like schools are safe, sporting clubs are safe, churches are safe because of things that have happened to children, you know? If there should ever be a safe haven, it should be the house of God, really. But in life, being courageous is not, not the absence of fear. It's moving forward in spite of it, yeah? There are dangers all around us. There are wars in countries, yeah? Most people lock their houses of, at night for fear that someone could walk through the door. Yet you go back a little while and no one even bothered locking the doors. 
needed a breeze. Toilet was out the back. It was just easier to leave it open. Why lock the car? No one's going to steal my car. You know? But there's stuff that just seems to happen in, our world, in the world today. So it, I think, in other words, we still have a life to live and live it to the full in and amongst all of that. Yuck, yeah? And God's given us what I think is a blessing of his protection. See, Esther was in a really dangerous position. Her uncle Mordecai discovered there was a plot, um, you know, to kill the entire family. He discovered that plot from one of, you know, um, th- through one of the king's advisors. And now when Mordecai says to Esther, listen, what I need you to do, if you could go before the king, if you could plead our story, if you could work on him, if you could massage his thoughts, if you could get him to come on our side of thinking so that we can live and not die, that would be really good. right? But the king's about to wipe out their people and so there was a real danger that in just in asking, you know, she could be killed. And I, I love this because, you know, we were joking with some friends last night and they were saying, uh, you know, that the wife was saying that her husband's a great man, but she goes, but don't be deceived. You know, behind every great man, there, there's a, a, a greater woman, you know. And there's some truth to that. There's some absolute truth to that because women have a phenomenal strength. You know, my wife going through the stuff that she is with her dad and others have been through you know, similar things in the past. But I just look to see the way that she carries herself, the way that she presses into God. And I was joking with someone the other day while I was in my office talking on the phone, and I said, she has so inspired me, I almost feel carnal, yeah, ungodly, compared to how she's dealing with it, the way she presses into God. There's a, 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 a phenomenal strength that God has given women, yeah. And Esther's such an example because so, she's been asked to do something that may cost her her, her life. And in Esther 4.16, it says, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. This is what she's asking for. And fast for me. Don't eat, don't drink for three days, night or day. Sorry, for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. So she's calling a fast. I'm going to do something. I could lose my life. I could be embarrassed. I could be thrown out. I could be imprisoned. As soon as I step into this limelight, I am in danger. I'm going to fast. And then, though it's against the law, I'll go and see. Uh, I'll go in to see the king. And if I must die, I must die. She's flat out facing danger. See, Haman wanted to hang Mordecai from the beams. Beams like ours, really. (laughs) But God turned it all around because when you fast and pray, God extends his protection to us in our household. Esther was not only protected, but so was her family. And so were the Jews. Because when we fast and pray, God goes, wow, my people are serious about this. And if you feel like parts of your family are under attack, you know what? Step into your closet, make a decision to fast and pray and go for it. And give it to the Lord and see what he does. Because he'll protect you. He'll protect them. Why don't we stand? I'm really looking forward to seeing 
different testimonies shared. You know, I, like I've shared, I, yesterday's, I've enjoyed all the reading, but yesterday's psalm was just, it was bouncing off the page. I, I, it was just bounce, the words, it was almost like they were in 3D yesterday, you know, like they were just sitting, it was just lovely. Yesterday was, was just a lovely time sitting to read his word, fasting. I don't know why it does it. But obviously there's, there's a spiritual law in place because God's commanded it and it just unlocks something in the spirit. And I think we're in a season, if this is a season of seeing, we need some stuff unlocked in our spirits so we can be not the, just the best us, but we can be the us that God has purposed and planned and designed before the beginning of the world. Amen? So we should fast. We should declare a fast. We should get others to fast with us. Yeah? And then we can see the Lord deliver us. So I'm going to recap it this way. If you're still unsure, I just want to say this. If you're, if you're not fasting yet, if you haven't decided to, jump in. Jump on board. What do you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Some TV time, some food maybe, you know, a particular favourite drink. You're reading. What have you got to lose your favorite show for three weeks, two weeks, whatever it might be. You've got nothing to lose that you won't get back anyway, but you have got everything to gain, yeah? Everything to gain. We can gain freedom for, from addictions, yeah? That'd be cool. I reckon I would like that. I have moments in my home with my children that I use this word around the house because there's other words I don't like. I don't get angry. I escalate. I've learned that from my counsellor, from Mike. I like my Christian counsellor. Mike's good value. I don't get angry. I escalate. Right? So maybe I need some help to stop escalating. Yeah. Maybe we need help in our finances. We want to see revival in the country. If you're one of those people that, that does suffer with negative feelings and emotions, then we need to fast that that's broken and done for. We want to fast so we can help others. So I'm not eating this week and Mel's not eating this week. All right, let's see. With the, the extra food, who do we know that could use a meal? Yeah? Life's decisions, fast for that. For your health, fast for that. To have influence, fast for that. And to protect us in 2019, let's fast for that. So I just think if we need breakthrough, let's do it. If we need someone that needs you to stand in the gap, let's just do it. Yeah. We want to see Christianity on fire running amok in Ballarat, you know. Oh no, it's those crazy Christians. Woohoo, we're the majority, yay! That'd be so cool. Where are you meeting this week? Oh, all the churches, we're at Mars Stadium. There's thousands of us. They're all crazy. Woohoo! Amen. Fast for it. Yeah? Fast for it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that your word is true. I thank you that your word is eternal. I thank you that your word stands in the heavens. And Father, I just continue to pray. We're five days into our 21-day fast. Lord, different people, different ages, Lord. Lord, giving up different things so that we can focus on you. Lord, I pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. 
Lord, that sensitivity would be on the increase. Father, that discernment would arise. Lord, that health, all of a sudden, Lord, people would discover that in their bodies, God, they are healthier because they're in the middle of their fast. Father, I pray, Lord, for anxiety and the the emotional negativeness that seems to grip us at times. Father, I pray that we would be so positive that positive people would run from us, Lord God. Lord, the Bible says that we have the power of life and death in our tongue. Lord, may it only ever be life, only ever be life, only ever be life. Because, Lord, what proceeds and what comes from the mouth comes from the heart. So, Lord God, deal with those negative things. Lord, that we might be a a people that speak life and speak life and speak life. Lord, may we see influence, God. May each and every person that's fasting have influence in their schools or influence in their workplace. Father, influence when they encounter people, have a wisdom that people are drawn to. Father, may we be a people that stand out, not because of what we wear, not because of camel hair, Father, but because of who we are and whose we are, because of what you're doing in us for those that are around us. We thank you, Lord God, that now is the time to fast. We thank you, Lord God, that now is the time for breakthrough. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let me